What's up, you Melvins? It's your boy TKO Ryan, one third of the best six man tag team on the planet, The Kingdom. Hi, this is Ali. Salutations. This is Dalton Castle. I'm David Arquette. My name is Rich Swan. What's up, guys? This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, everyone. This is Bill After. Hi, this is Ring of Honor Superficial Todd Sinclair. You're listening to The Lock. <laughs> It is Monday, November 26, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 46 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media. And in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. On this week's show, Rick and I are talking Starcade, TakeOver, TLC, and much, much more. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news of this news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, email us at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com, and now find us on Twitch.tv backslash Hitting the marks. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day, but down under, they call me the cleaner. So give it up for my tag team partner, the golden to my lover, RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show and welcome to the Monday Locker Room. It's me, it's me. It's that auto the beat of the beat. Rick Vickery here again. Hey, we had such a good time last week with our little crossover show, you know, taking the Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast to the high mean media group platform. We decided to do again. Well, I gotta ask you to forgive me as we go into this thing. It has been a crazy couple of days here, especially where I'm at in the great state of Ohio. The highs, the lows, pro wrestling. We're gonna get to that, but I will apologize going forward, stupid, because my voice, it, it might not be up to par today. His voice is not up to par. He is live on location, so you may hear some of those Cincinnati hoodlums yelling in the background or more than likely crying in their beer thanks to the embarrassing defeat that they are going to suffer thanks to the Cleveland Browns today. Uh, you are going to notice that we're not doing a whole lot of professional or college sports talk today. And Huckleberry, there is a reason for that. That is because Tuesday we are going live with the very first broadcast of HTM Sports. You'll be able to find the show live at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. You'll also be able to find it on our podcast feed at hitting the marks.podbean.com. Rick, we, we, we got enough complaints from the pro wrestling people finally, but there's enough people that love the sports talk we said screw it we're just gonna make it its own show yeah we'll, we'll pull it out we said hey it gives us a new energy as well you know because then we can because we were up against that clock all the time and it seemed each week it was growing and growing and growing how much we were talking more about sports hey but hey it's something we love we got a passion for especially right now tuesday what a great time to kick this off we're gonna find out you know going into championship week where we stand with some of these teams Real quick before we do, before we move on to professional wrestling, just one little teaser. Who do you think, who is going to be the top four this Tuesday? 
college football. That's going to be the interesting part. To be completely honest, I did the uh, family Thanksgiving yesterday, which is Saturday, um, as of when we're recording this. Um, so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of college football yesterday. Today we're doing the Christmas tree thing. We're putting up the tree and all the lacings and the trim. So I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of NFL yet today, but I assure you by Tuesday, I will be fired up and ready to go. I, you know, I, I got it. I know we're not talking a whole lot of sports today, but I got to give it up to your Ohio State Buckeyes, absolutely just wiping their ass with the University of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Rick, I, there's plenty of time to talk about what this means for Ohio State and going forward towards the college football playoff, assuming they win the Big Ten championship. But the question I really wanted to ask you today, as ridiculous as it sounds, is Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat? Yeah, I think, you know, 0-4 against Ohio State – and every year, no matter where you stand, you don't want both sides of the coin, though. If you're the team that's down for a little bit of a stretch, it's always when are you going to get that win over the rival. So right now, it's all about for Michigan. It's, they don't care what else happens. You've got to get big wins over Ohio State. And he hasn't done that. you yeah. got to think. He goes 0-5 next year in the big house. It might be see you later, Jimmy boy. Yeah, the, the only thing that Michigan has going for him is that game was in the horseshoe. But uh, uh, so as we speak right now, I am watching uh, Patriots and Jets in the background. Huckleberry is probably still watching the Cincinnati Bengals get blown out by the Cleveland Browns. We'll have full coverage of that Tuesday on HTM Sports. So, Rick, I, I guess let's go ahead. Let's start with the pro wrestling. And since we're cutting out the sports, I thought maybe we'd do a couple of, of broader topics to kind of start off the show here. And I wanted to start with the war on fans. Um, there's an analyst that I listened to by the name of Todd Martin who coined this term, the war on fans, years ago. And this started with the whole Roman Reigns push, really. When, when fans started rejecting Roman Reigns and Vince said, nope, we're sticking with Roman and we're going all in on Roman. Well, now... Rick, it seems as though this war is taking a little bit of a turn, and I'm saying this more so in reference to your precious Shar Shar. Tuesday, she comes out on SmackDown, we get the opening video package, and Charlotte is 100% completely framed as a heel. She comes out and she starts cutting her promo 100% as a heel. And by the end of that promo, she was being cheered, she was positioned as a babyface against the Iconics, you know, we saw this go down with Becky Lynch when they tried to turn Becky heel and the fans were having none of it. We saw it with Daniel Bryan when they tried to make him join the Wyatt family. The fans were having none of it. Rick, I'm I'm I think the war on fans is just about dead right now, but it seems as though the war on the company is full bore in full effect. It doesn't matter if you position them as a heel. It doesn't matter if you position them as a babyface. We, the fans, are going to decide the crowd reaction, not the company anymore. I want to throw out there, you know, I really think that the fans, they do want to take to, to Charlotte because they realize, you know, the talent that is there. They know she is the alpha, but it's, you know, position her how she should be. She is that natural bitch. And, and they want to embrace that. And you've seen this with Becky now. They wanted that fire. They wanted her. It's a different kind of you know, a heel than Charlotte, where Charlotte is better than everyone, where Becky is that true underdog that just needs that attitude, that edge to get her over. But let's look at the, the name you got here in the middle of this run, Ronda Rousey. They're trying those things with her. You know, going back to Survivor Series, Char Char versus Rousey, they tried some of those little 
you know, what got Becky really over that visual where she had her warrior paint, she had the war paint on. They wanted that from, from Rousey and everyone saw immediately right through that, when she comes out and she makes her little, her little faces where you can tell she's so mad. People are seeing through that. They are not buying her. They don't believe it, which is kind of funny because she actually, if you took all their personalities, she's probably got the most edgy controversial of that bunch. Yeah. She's the biggest bitch of the three. Without any question, I, I was I was trying not to keep using the word there, but you're right. She is the she is the actual bitch of the three. Yep, absolutely. And, well, and and I think though, when you look at this though, you know, fans see through that. You know, us wrestling fans, we take we take great pride in in being fans of this craft. It's very personal to us, and if you're perceived anywhere as an outsider, you're going to feel that. Yeah, and you're going to hear that. And from Rousey, you know, where she came in and she was given everything right out of the gate. And you've got someone down in NXT, like a Baszler, who the fans are realizing this is how it should have been done. It's, it's they're not doing her any favors. But where do you where do you go if you're WWE? Because you couldn't send her to NXT. She was almost in a no win situation when she signed that damn contract. Well, I tell you what I don't do if I'm WWE, and that is give away matches like Ronda Rousey versus Mickey James with absolutely zero promotion on Monday Night Raw. Well, I think, again, what this is, they obviously, how many times I'm on this, you know, everything I look at from a marketing perspective, that should have been announced because Mickey's going to go out there and get the absolute best from everyone. And I always talk about Char Char being the alpha, I, but I go back and I give Mickey her props. I think Mickey is. Probably right now, because of her experience and how good she, you know, everything about her is, she's probably the best on that roster. But where she's at in this phase in the game, you know, they're not going to give her the ball to run with. She's there to set people up. But why the hell would you not advertise this thing? Because people respect Becky. And your your thing is, I know what you're going with there. Ronda, she'll fight anywhere, anytime. That's her, that's her little stick right now. But it's just stupid not to, to just give that away. And then you have Becky Lynch, who we saw the failed heel turn that was with Becky. And then we have what happened at Survivor Series with Charlotte. Now, Rick, you know, it it gives me great pride to say this because we have been doing this show long enough that now I actually have stooges. And the stooge report is telling me, Rick, that this match did not change at all. That was the match for Becky Lynch versus ronda rousey everything went exactly the way they just they took becky out they put charlotte in and it's like now we're trying to give that rub to charlotte flair and turn charlotte basically into the new becky i i i I agree i mean even when i was watching the match i was like they, they didn't change anything about this what they did learn is they need to catch fire here with charlotte because even going forward long term we went back a couple shows ago we were talking about representatives for either brands or you went for the brands. I went for the company. You know, one of my females was Shar Shar because she's built for this business. We you know we've got worries now. What is Becky's shelf life? You know, we, you know, with the rumors of the concussions and things like that, could she be done? And, and we know the women, they don't wrestle the smartest matches. They want to try to go out there and wow the world. And they take these insane bumps that they don't need to be doing. And I'll reference, you know, Stevie over on Fridays, he constantly is talking about this, just because it's never been done before doesn't mean it's a smart thing to do. There's no reason to go slam your back of your head into some, into the, the ring steps for the sake of slamming your head into the ring steps. Yeah. Well, now we, we saw it with that jackass down in Mexico throwing a cinder block at the dude. 
that was a, from a fan, wasn't it? No, that was the guy that he was against. The guy he was against oh, threw oh, a I, cinder block at the I motherfucker. Kinda, I kind of, you know, being so busy with, you know, going to shows, watching sports the other day, I, I thought it was a fan. Some asshole threw a brick or something like that. No, no. So what happens? It looks like this is like a hardcore match of some kind. And the dude lights this guy up with a chair. And then he throws the dude back into the ring. And the dude grabs a cinder block and chucks it at the fucking dude's head. It's ridiculous, man. And is the worst thing I think I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. This this kind of goes back, you know, David Arquette, you know, who had all that heat. You know, the fans don't really understand what he was bringing to table. A guy with great passion was given an opportunity. He made the mistake of stepping into a death match here recently. Yeah, I put that 100% on the promoter, not David Arquette. And we all know I'm not a David Arquette guy. Well, and did you see his reply? He came out and he apologized. He said, I didn't understand what death matches were. Uh, That's not... I didn't pay you know, tribute to individuals that came before me. I apologize. That'd be the last time I ever try that aspect of this business. Arquette needs to uh, kind of realize what in the hell he's doing right now, because I'm not entirely sure that he does, in fact, know exactly what it is that he's getting himself into. There's a lot of guys taking a lot of cheap shots at David Arquette, and we saw one right there. What was his name? Nick Gage? Well, I, and that's what I'm wondering too, you know, a promoter coming in and be like, dude, you'll be fine. And, and he's trying to do it out of respect because, you know, he's, he's trying to maybe correct that perception of him before, which in my mind, it was always there because, you know, he gave money. That entire paycheck he got from WCW, that went to some prominent wrestling families. It helped the Pillman family. I, I believe it helped even um, one of the hearts at a time. Yeah, it helped Owens, Owens' wife. Okay, there but there was four let, individuals that he gave that he gave back to because that's he, he cares. He loves professional wrestling. But now you got these asshole promoters coming asking him to step outside of his limits and almost making a joke of what they can get out of it. Well, take it the other way, all right? Because I don't know how old Nick Gage is, but I'm gonna guess that he's a little bit younger than you and I. You and I remember watching. I, think I do. I think he's about our age, actually. Okay. I remember watching him fairly early. But we remember David Arquette winning the championship, and we remember all the heat on David Arquette winning the championship. This guy's going out there, and he's trying to make his living by saying, I'm the guy that took out David Arquette. Well, you know, to me, though, that's just asinine. No, but that's what it seems like to me on the surface. I, I hope it's not the case because you've got to realize no matter who's in that ring with you, you are a brotherhood. And I don't think our kids, they're trying to take anything from everyone. Uh, Nick Gage is 38 years old. So he's right. He's right there with us. Right there with us. Two behind us. Yep. And he was probably a pissed off Mark in 1998 or 99, whatever it was when Marquette won the fucking title. And now he's got his chance to try to make his name off taking out David Arquette. But on the flip side of this, you know, he's right now. He's right in our age, and the guy has never evolved beyond death matches. Right. So how you, do you, you evolve you beyond Google, death matches? Look at what happened with Sammy Callahan. He hits Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat. He's never been hotter. That's the independent scene that we have right now. I, I would. I'm say the guy though, that took out David Arquette. I would say it though, someone like Sammy though, he came up from HWA. He came up where I mean, you were taught fundamentals. Oh, Sammy gets it, man. Sammy gets it. Sammy's great in the ring. He came up, you know, and he knew it was more about character, but but they could go out, you know, where there was a need for people that could go do the death matches, you know, just like Ambrose. They both came up together. They were they were trained in the HWA, some of the best trainers that you're ever going to find anywhere. Yep, true story. 
And, but he's a, he's a, he, he's been able to go against this thing where it just seems like Gage and and I don't I, I don't know the gentleman I've, I've never really studied up on his interviews what he, really his mindset is but you know immediately looking at him everything is CCW there I mean and that kind of right there lets you know kind of the mindset of an individual there you go uh, let's talk about another individual who's uh, returning here and you saw him last night and I kind of want to talk about what you saw last night as well as this specific individual. Uh, number one, I guess let's let's start with Starcade. You were at Starcade. Of course, uh, the world is going to get to see at least part of what you saw here in just a couple of hours from when we're recording this. Rick, what did you think of the Starcade experience and what are you going to remember a year from now about Starcade? Well, you, you know me immediately. My mind starts going from before we hit the parking garage. How how is it, is it accessible getting in and out? Are you know are the officers or the traffic directors there? Are they kind of moving people along? How's it up on the concourse? Are they moving us in and out? Especially you know the sun setting. Uh, we don't we don't have the cold weather just quite as as much as you right now. But it's, it was a chilly evening. Winter storm Bruce is bitch slapping us today. You're, you're having yours right now. We're expecting ours later tonight, but you know it was still down in uh, the, the low 30s, and you got that cold breeze coming right off the river. So I'm right there. And immediately, how can we flow through? I'm going to give them uh, my uh, my reading on that. I guess I can't call that the FQI actually because it was kind of the workers, but I guess that's all uh, kind of embodied in one. Uh, getting inside there, the arena in Cincinnati is absolutely terrible. Parking situation is terrible. There's only a limited amount of like ways up to the venue. It's slow getting in and out. When you get in there, though, I want to give them props. You know, they had vendors right there. The merch stand, you know me. That's one of my first stops. Go see what we've got. Who's being represented? The ladies are over. I'm going to say they had at least 50% of the merchandise. What ladies? Was it Charlotte, Becky, Rousey? Like, what are we you talking? Had, I know. I, I'm going to say you actually, you had a good variety. Obviously, you had the big three. You had Rhonda. You had Charlotte. You had Becky. And Becky's got multiple stuff because she's got some of the accessories still there. Uh, the goggles were moving. I'm surprised they're still selling the goggles. I haven't seen Becky do the steampunk thing in forever. She, she hasn't had a while, but you got to think about that. They probably have a warehouse full of those things. Oh, I'm sure. And it's, and it's something when you look at the other merch, those goggles move for 12, 15 bucks. Dude, if she's going babyface again, I'd bring those fuckers back. Opposed to a T-shirt where you go, you go to a live event, you're looking at, you know, 35, 40 bucks on a damn T-shirt. Every time I've seen SmackDown in the last couple of years, the number one and number two seller in no particular order are the Becky Lynch goggles and the AJ Styles gloves. Well, yeah, because they're cheaper and there's something real easy that kids can use besides the T-shirt there. Uh, also, a, a lot of a gr great representation for Sasha and, uh, and for Bailey. So, you, I mean, you got five female talents. That were really representing there. Now, I, I wonder how much that is. They really pulled back on the Roman gear. And now you've completely lost all the shield gear for him. Right. I, I think on that side, they realize that there's got to be a big change there. Um, was there any Brian merch? You know what? I think there was only, he still had the Yes is Back t-shirt there. Okay, so they're, they're still trying to get rid of those. Well, it's something, you know, especially for a house show, you're always going to have your Brian fans. It's something that they're probably sitting on a ton of those things. Uh, speaking of gimmicks to sell, are, are the new Rey Mysterio masks in stock yet? You, now that you say that, because I didn't really get up too close to the front, because I was trying to stand back and get a whole visual of everything, but I did notice a ton of kids in Rey masks. 
There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You wonder why Rey Mysterio has been brought back? Kids in Rey Mysterio masks. That's it. Right there. Oh, I, I'm going to say probably if you were walking around, two out of every 10 kids had a Rey Mysterio mask. Yeah, at 20 bucks a pop, 25 bucks a pop. You betcha. They, they love him. They love him. Hey, it, you know, for Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling, I've taken over their merchandise division. I went and bought a bunch of Lucha masks. Uh, I found like some closeout thing. I got a hundred masks for like 25 bucks. Yep. The kids love the hoods, man. I'm going to turn around and sell them each for 10 to $15. Yep. The kids love the hoods. Uh, you did see the return of one individual in particular whom I was curious to talk to you about. And that man's name is Bray Wyatt. We haven't seen Bray Wyatt on WWE television since August, Rick. It's been since August and he was pulled from house shows in September. So now we're bringing Bray Wyatt back. Um, and this is something that we're is actually on the run to talk about a little bit later, but you brought it up off air. I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it. Uh, Braun Strowman is injured. Braun Strowman having elbow surgery. He's going to be out for at least four weeks. The TLC match is now kind of in question. So how was Bray Wyatt presented last night? Was he presented on the, the baby face side or the heel side? Which, which version of Bray Wyatt are we expecting here? I think it was, I, and, I, and there's a reason because I've read the, um, the footage that we're going to get. And by the time this airs, everyone's going to see the, uh, the Starcade special on the network. Uh, this is going to be left off of that. Okay. And I think it's maybe because they don't know which direction they want to go with him. Or this could work in maybe they want to drop the surprise. That's why they're not advertising. Well, now, the last time we saw Bray Wyatt, he was with Matt Hardy. And, of course, they were the tag team champions, them losing those titles. Um, I'm, I'm curious if we're going to get that version of Bray Wyatt just like are we just bringing Bray back and we're not we're going to pretend like he was never gone or are we going to reinvent Bray Wyatt yet again there's a reason that they made this that his his return might not make it to air because he was playing the straight baby they needed him to fill in for Brock okay now it, it, and then and then it turned into a tag match itself and one of the overall kind of bothering themes from last night is everything seemed to turn into a tag match it was one of those let's just try to get as many individuals out there as possible uh was teddy long in attendance uh i, I don't think i saw him but I, he might have been calling the shots back there he must have been running gorilla last night at starcade uh because yeah, reading it, through it the results it does kind of look that way everything you'd, you'd start with a single or an open challenge and then you started out with a, and then you end up in a tag match somehow and it, that happened three or four times which to me, I lost a ton of interest in this thing. Uh, now, my understanding is, I, I remember now, <clears throat> it was Baron Corbin put out an open challenge to which Bray Wyatt answered that open challenge from the constipated constable. So we're clearly positioning Bray Wyatt on the babyface side right now. Um, I Personally, I would bring Bray Wyatt back as a heel. I still think all of the money in Bray Wyatt is as a heel, kind of like it was in The Undertaker. Yes, The Undertaker had babyface runs, but I always felt like the big money in Undertaker was on the heel side of the roster. What do you do with Bray Wyatt right now, bringing him back? I mean, obviously that place is going to pop. You could have him come back and do something incredibly dastardly and hope that he can turn the fans against him. But man, we're really hurting on baby faces on Monday Night Raw right now. Now, see, I, to me, I, that's the reason I don't know if we're going to see this thing make air. I think they just needed a body that was going to get them a big pop against Corbin. 
So they slid him in there. They're starting to work him back into the fold. I'm with you. I think there's more value on the heel side of this thing. And that's why they didn't show us what their full plan is for him. And it might be, hey, man, work a couple house show circuits, get that pop, get people kind of buzzing. And then, boom, when you hit television, you're full, you're full blown heel. But like you said, they're really hurting, you know, on, on the side for babies here. Well, especially without Braun Strowman, your babyface side of the roster goes Seth Rollins, Elias, Finn Balor. I mean, that's that's what you've got for the next well, four weeks so, going forward. So essentially, essentially, even look, let's break down what you got there. You got Rollins, who I think you could he could carry the weight as your baby because he can do everything. If, you know, people take to his promos. It's I knock him all the time because his promos are a little stale to me. His matches are even staler. But people get into him. But on the flip side of that, you got Finn, who's regarded as the ultimate workhorse, and Elias, who is the ultimate mic guy. When the bell rings, no one cares. So you're kind of split there at two and three, which puts a lot of workload on Seth. And Ambrose. Uh, But I think those guys could carry it right now. Yeah, but three hours of Monday Night Raw? I hope that you like 30-minute Seth Rollins matches because there's going to be a lot of them. You know, I don't, but that's what they've already been giving us. And I think now they're starting to give us multiple layers to the women's evolution. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more there, especially if we ever get this. It seems every week that they're telling me about these rumored women's tag team championships. If there was ever a time to elevate Sasha and Bailey, now is the time to do it. And I think they're even looking too. I mean, hey, Dana got a nice shine at this show. And she's been out there saying, hey, I, I want my opportunity to let, just let me see what I can do. Isn't she from she, Ohio? Uh, she's a Columbus girl. Ah, see, that's why she was on the show. See, <laughs> I do pay attention to Dana Brooke. Ha <laughs> ha. How about that? Um, but yeah, as far as Bray Wyatt goes, I mean, even if you bring him back exactly as the character that he was when he left Matt Hardy, and maybe you could even like do vignettes with Matt Hardy and still kind of pair them together, but just have Bray be the only one doing any wrestling. And Matt basically becomes a manager trying to provide a little bit of light to Bray's darkness or some kind of weird ass shit. But I mean, Bray Wyatt comes back. He comes back tomorrow. He's the number two baby face on raw by default. Well, I mean, what if though, maybe if Matt isn't really seen, but you understand that something else in the universe is controlling Bray, but is that going to the well too many times with him? That's what I'm wondering. Like, I almost like I, I almost I'm ready for Bray Wyatt to come back and take credit for giving Roman Reigns cancer. That's where I'm at with Bray Wyatt. Anyone but you, Roman. Anyone well, but you. Just well, just real quick on that, then. Is it one of those cases? Because he got a huge pop. That place erupted. They, they like him. And anytime you come back, they appreciate what you went through. And he, he wasn't even gone because of the injury. They just didn't know what the hell to do with him. And people have been wanting Bray back. Is it a case where maybe you let him get cheered until the rumble and then you do a major turn? God, if you got a baby face for him to turn on, I guess. I mean, I, it's really going to be a matter of how quickly is Braun Strowman going to be back? And is that match against Baron Corbin going to happen I, I at guess, TLC? I guess that is kind of, I mean, what if he's a heel, what program do you want him to be involved with going into WrestleMania? I mean, there's a handful out there. I mean, I know Rollins is... You know, he's going to be tied up with Ambrose, but I would love to see him and Rollins going to WrestleMania. I'd love to see him and Braun. I would love to see Personally, I would like to see Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins be the universal championship match at WrestleMania. I think that would be incredible, but you're so tied up right now with Dean. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you have Ambrose take the Intercontinental Championship at TLC, and then you can try to split them the fuck up, move them on to different programs. And a little disappointed. They went it. They didn't go with the street fight as planned between those two at the end. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we will talk about uh, that match again here when we talk about TLC. Uh, We did have some big breaking news over the weekend. I actually just saw this this morning because I've been so busy. Uh, Rick, TakeOver Blackpool. NXT UK is getting their first TakeOver. It's going to go down January 12th, 2019. And then I got to looking at our schedule, Rick. My God, we have Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th. We have New Year's Dash on January 5th. We have TakeOver for Blackpool on January 12th and then in two weeks after that we have TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble oh yeah welcome to the road to Wrestlemania and now we got now we got the HTM Sports coming in so we're going to be going we got all the big bowl games coming up in January we got NFL playoffs well, we're, we're going to be loaded here. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very, very busy January, so enjoy the holidays, my friend. We have one match officially announced for TakeOver Blackpool. It is going to be Rhea Ripley taking on Tony Storm for the WWE UK Women's Championship. This match official. A rematch for the UK Women's Final, which is airing Wednesday on NXT UK. So I'm not going to tell you which one is the champion and which one is the challenger, but I will tell you, you are getting a rematch at TakeOver Blackpool. I, I was going to say, I think most people that are listening to us have got this thing figured out. But oh, there's some about, that uh, don't know. You talk about a huge rematch in the making uh, that's going to make this card pop. Without giving anything away, let's talk about Tony Storm, who is the new darling uh, of women's wrestling in the WWE universe. You know, even more so probably than Everything hot we got going on with Sharshar, with Becky, with Ronda. People want more Tony Storm. They're taking to her. I mean, she's she's beautiful. She's talented. She's got the personality. But on that flip side of that, if you're paying anything, any close attention to social media, Ripley's freaking bringing it. Yeah, Rhea Ripley is knocking things out of the park. And she's a big girl. She's built like Charlotte. That girl is built to last. She's very, very young. She's got good height. She's got good size. She works very, very hard, but very, very safe. I really like Rhea Ripley. She was in the first May Young Classic, and she was the youngest competitor in the tournament. And it was like, yeah, she she's definitely got something, but she needs to get a character figured out. Well, somewhere between the end of the first and the beginning of the second, she figured it out. Well, I think what's so good about her you talk about two of the hottest names on social media. You're thinking about a Sammy Callahan and a Becky Lynch, and she's kind of like right in the middle there. You know, of everything that's great between those two on social media, she is really bringing it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match. That'll be a great match, regardless of which one walks away with the NXT UK Women's Championship. Um, it's weird you to think, say you this. You think that could close out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it could close. Absolutely, I think it could. Well, I mean, Pete Dunn is still Pete freaking Dunn, and he's your oh, UK men's uh, champion. You, you think that's where we get? They want that first UK takeover to be huge? Is that where we're going to get the uh, North American versus the UK champion? That very well could be. Or, or do you save that for Rumble weekend? Ooh, that's a good question. I almost want to do Ricochet versus Pete Dunn, champion versus champion, title for title. And the winner, whoever wins that match, will face Adam Cole at TakeOver Phoenix 
for the North American Championship. The UK Championship not on the line, just the North American Championship in Phoenix. Well, I would think you got to have the UK Championship on the line for your first UK takeover. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, in that match, it's champion versus champion. So it's not both belts on the line. It's Cole using his rematch for whoever. For the North American Championship. That's what I would do. That'd that'd actually be really good. Maybe you could even have Cole ringside for that champion versus champion match. Or I could see Cole. He's he's got his legal team on this thing. He ruins that match, and by default, it becomes a triple threat for both titles. Ooh, Maybe you go be... back to the day like a two out of three where, you know, the first fall is for the UK championship. The second one's for the North American championship. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That's very old school and seems like something that William Regal and Johnny Saint would uh, sit down and hash out. I like that a lot. I'm really hoping that we get a dynamic between those two, that there's some kind of a, a friendly rivalry, if you will, between William Regal and Johnny Saint. Well, you know, going back to Starcade or Starcade real quick, quick. Uh, that, you know, before the anything really got going on before the matches, and you get a very touching uh, tribute to Dusty Rhodes up there. I'd love to see Ricochet and Pete Dunne run through the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Oh, that would be great, too. You know what else would be great? If uh, Cody Rhodes interrupted that UK versus North American Championship match. But we'll talk about uh, Cody and his future here. Ooh, just oh, you a know, now, now you got me. Now you just got me going here, man. We've got this the holiday weekend. We've been having a good time. What if what if we had the new faction, the Undisputed Elite? Oh shit! Yeah, they might as well. I mean, they're basically they're all friends anyway. So what the hell? Uh, it also seems we're going to get NXT UK Tag Team Championships. They will be crowned at Takeover Blackpool. Uh, any chance that anybody other than Mustache Mountain wins that first set of tag team championships? Well, I, I almost wonder, is it is it too obvious? That's what I'm saying. But then there's also the first champions. Don't you want well, that first back. champion well, to mean something? You know, they were kind of the first champions for that showed up when they took the NXT championship. How upsetting would it be if Undisputed Era showed up and, and stole those first UK championships? Oh, you are just pouring gasoline on the fire. It seems that there is... Oh, you talk about a riot potentially going oh, down in man. that place. Have Undisputed Era walk out with all the gold in Blackpool? Oh, shit. <laughs> burn NXT UK to the ground like Seth Rollins. Uh, the new It seems there is going to be a new performance center coming in the UK. I don't think this is any surprise to anybody. Um, have you been watching much of NXT UK? I, I've been following the highlights. I, I catch it where I can. I'm one of those individuals. You know, I, I mentioned this a couple times over on Facebook and how many media discussion group. It, it's, it's one of those acquired tastes. It's starting to grow on me, the, you know, the style uh, that they represent over there. And I'm just not fully invested right now into it. Hey, you know, it's, I, I picked up now where I'm watching impact regularly MLW. It's only so many hours that you have to invest in this stuff. I don't have it on the run here, but did you see uh, Shane Strickland's meltdown at MLW the other night? I actually, uh, I, someone, uh, I can't remember who sent it to me. They sent me all the clips for it. It might've been big. And I, I don't think big race. Someone sent me one. So yeah. So I made sure to sit down and watch it. And I guess that is the, uh, that he's on his way out. Yep, that's his farewell to MLW. Call out Court Bauer. Yeah, good stuff. Like that. Like that a lot. Let's talk a little bit about uh, WWE TLC coming up on the WWE Network. We're about three weeks away now, Huckleberry. What the hell are we going to do with all this time in between? 
Well, like you had mentioned last week, you said, hey, we got another one coming up like in a couple weeks. I said, in WWE terms, within a time frame of the universe, I mean, this is like an eternity that we actually have more than 10 days to prepare to build a story to get ready for an event. That's good. But here's, but here's one of the problems, though. Do you trust them to get ready? I mean, are we so used to they have to do things so quick? Or is there anything right now, even with I mean, even it hurts a little bit that Braun's out, but was that even that attractive of a match? With him and, and Corbin, not really. I, I did. You know what? I did like the stakes they put on that thing. At least yeah. the, the stipulation had a, you had a little interest, and I like how it just wasn't. If Braun wins, he gets he gets Brock, you know, or if Corbin wins, he gets that full time status. At least they're going head to head. When they made that head to head, I think I think Corbin's the winner. Uh, the match I am most looking forward to, as it looks right now, is Drew McIntyre and Finn Balor. That's the match I am most looking forward to because I'm very curious if we get Demon Balor and if we get Demon Balor versus Drew McIntyre, who wins that match? Because the Demon is yet to be beaten. Here's what how I, here's how I would do this. And I, I, it was in one of the circles we run. I was having this conversation. I would have McIntyre go over TLC and then, then build me, give me the Demon at the Rumble, the bigger stage. Uh, give me hell that would almost be a 10 week build to that thing and I love that there's only one problem there's only one problem there and the problem is you're taking both Balor and McIntyre out of the rumble then uh, what's the issue there do we need them both in there I don't know man when I look at that depth chart I kind of well, feel I, like no, you need I, him I in think, there. No, I think you could do a lot there. And then I think it gives you a little more suspense, too, if you would want to get like a – because I don't think McIntyre is going to suffer at all taking a pin to Balor right now. No, I and don't it, either. And, and, it, and it would do the world for Balor. Absolutely. So what is, you were saying is in that third baby, that second or third baby spot, that needs to be reestablished. We need to reintroduce the demon. But even if you wanted McIntyre to get back into the ball game, remember, we got them stupid-ass filler pay-per-views. Yeah, you you've know, between got fast lane and and roadblock or whatever, or the uh, chamber and fast lane, whatever they go with. There. Oh God, not the elimination chamber. Oh no, no, no! There's only one pay per view now, so you'd have the chamber we'd have to go through before we get to WrestleMania. Oh God! Last year, remember, we had two god awful pay per views. That fast lane one was an absolute train wreck, uh, but now we just have the chamber to go through. Oh, God, I hate the Elimination Chamber so much. Well, you would love it, though, if, if Drew goes in there and wins it and goes on to WrestleMania, because I, I know you're a big Drew guy. We all are. So many of us that... I guess a lot of it's going to depend on who the champion is, you know, because if it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, eh? Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, eh? Like, I, I, I feel like that's a lot of pressure on you, Drew you to carry what? a good match. You know what? You know what I'd almost really rather have? And you know how I feel about these, you know, outside of the traditional one-on-one. But just to give us something, maybe something of quality, maybe for that Universal Championship, we go to like a, a Fatal 4-Way or something like that. So it's just not Braun one-on-one or Brock first one-on-one with somebody. Or you add in, maybe, maybe that's a time that the Demon, his record's on you know, on the line and you got, he's in there against all these monsters. He's against Brock. He's against Drew. He's against Braun. How the hell is little Finn going to come over this thing? He's got to introduce the demon. How do you justify Balor even getting into that position though? Cause I don't see Balor winning the rumble. I think he's better built for the chamber. 
Yeah, there is that. There is the yeah. I keep forgetting about the damn chamber. Or or he comes in at twenty seven. You know how I, I'm not a big Balor fan. I know it would upset a lot of people on our platforms here. But I, like I asked you a couple weeks ago, is he positioned? Is he still savable to be that next Daniel Bryan, especially in the land of the monsters? Right, and of of course, all of this. Everything that we are talking about right now, it all depends on can Braun Strowman go at TLC in that match against Baron Corbin? Because that if that match happens, then the show shakes out one of a couple of different ways. Obviously, if Baron Corbin would win that match, he gets Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. I would expect Braun Strowman to win that match. That makes him your defending champion going into WrestleMania. Of course, there is the Elimination Chamber, but I don't see them taking the title off of Braun that quickly. But well, I think going, I think going back to it, I think their plan in their head was, I've I mentioned this, I mean, how much do we like Bliss in that authority role? Well, I was about and, to and, say. If, and you got Team Little Big. Maybe she screws over Corbin in a, in a quick match because we just saw Corbin screw over Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. And Alexa Bliss is poised to take that role if Baron Corbin loses that match at TLC. There's no question about that. The other aspect of this that I think comes into question is something that we commented on when we saw Brock Lesnar the last time. And we both, I, I asked you, does that look like a guy who's training for a UFC fight? And now, Rick, we are hearing that the Daniel Cormier fight is in question. Number one, Dana White wants to do John Jones versus Daniel Cormier, not Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier. Or the what sounds like the much more likely probability at this point. Daniel Cormier is going to retire as UFC champion, and this fight is not going to happen. Daniel Cormier is going to be done fighting in the UFC, and they will have to crown a new UFC heavyweight champion. So now everything with Brock Lesnar is completely in question. We have everything going on with Roman Reigns. It is not unforeseeable that Vince McMahon is just going to sit down in a room with Brock Lesnar and say, all right, Brock, what's it going to take? Well, what would that take? I mean, what would it take to make it worthwhile to you, Jargo? Or what do you think it would, you know, to some of our diehard listeners, our fans out there? You know, just not, I mean, just for, for wrestling enthusiasts, what would it take to make another extended deal with Brock worth it? Well, I, I have no idea what Brock Lesnar is making right now. Um, so I guess that's let's, the first uh, thing. Let's, let's take out the financials schedule-wise. Do you need more from him once a month? Um, I don't necessarily need him once a month, but I need him defending at all five of the big events. I need Royal Rumble. I need WrestleMania. I need Money in the Bank. I need SummerSlam and I need Survivor Series. I need those five dates locked down. And then preferably, I would like to have Brock Lesnar for one week on each side of both of those events. So I would get for him. Some for, so I would get him the week before the Rumble, the Rumble and the week after. Then I don't need him again until the week before WrestleMania and the week after WrestleMania for the superstar shakeup. And then how, how would it sound for like 22 dates a year? That seems roughly accurate. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm closer to 25. But yeah, right in that, you know, 20 to 25 dates a year. Now, is there an offer? Is there a chance, though, an opportunity? Well, I'm, I'm sure they hope there's an opportunity is there a chance that Fox says, hey, we want Brock over on the blue brand? Absolutely. And it does sound like Fox has come out and said, oh, yeah, that brand split, we're keeping that shit. 
because we ain't promoting people that are going to be on NBC Universal. It seems as though they will make an exception here and there and like for Survivor Series. But overall, this brand split is here to stay if Fox has anything to say about it, which they have everything to say about it. And they want their team. And when it comes down to negotiation, I mean, how is this going to work out between these different networks? You've got all this history with Universal. You got all this history with, you know, you've been on USA for, they only left for what, maybe three, four years? Yeah, when they went to TNN. TNN? Yeah. And they went right back there? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And now we're also hearing that Impact may be moving, and one of the networks that is being mentioned is Sci Fi which is interesting to me because sci-fi falls underneath of the NBC universal umbrella, just like USA network. I wonder if, you know, cause initially I saw this conversation too. I, I believe it was uh, our good friend, uh, Carlos Strada that was kind of really pushing this thing. Uh, and everyone, we kind of dismissed it. There's no way in hell, but maybe in that last contract in that deal, it was, Hey, if you're going to Fox, we are allowed to entertain other ideas ourselves. That will not air against you on the USA network, but it will be on the USA network, not any NBC universal property. Right. Yeah. We could take it elsewhere. Just not on USA where your contract is to. We've got hell. They've got, you know, outside of USA, how many channels they have? 15, 20 other outlets. A ton. A ton. That they can, that they can go through here. I mean, like E network is owned by NBC universal. Sci-fi USA. Yeah, and, and to me, it always seems like, you know, sci-fi, it seems like a perfect fit. That's oh, kind absolutely. of the same marketplace. And even while SmackDown was there, and the, even the early NXT, I mean, until it just, they totally exposed what the hell it was there, it had some strong numbers. Yeah. Uh, EC, ECW out of the gate was doing fine there. They just, it, it was just the creative was so terrible. Impact would do great there right now with their uh, the the shit that they're doing with Sue Young and Rosemary and Allie and the entire alternate dimension stuff. It'd be well, great. It plays in. It plays into that where you see a lot of you know a lot of sports entertainment, but you see a lot of whatever you would call what's happening at Lucha, the cinematic sci-fi. Kind of there we go see it says it right there in the title yep it's absolutely perfect i think that's a beautiful match uh we at tlc also we have dean ambrose challenging seth rollins for the intercontinental title we mentioned that um ambrose taking a little bit of heat the way things sound uh backstage and and from the fans themselves for bringing up the Roman Reigns cancer thing again. Rick, I don't have any problem with this. This is a heel saying bad things so that we well, don't hey, like the I, heel. I'm, I'm all for I actually, this. I actually have it from my stage sources. People that actually that were regularly talking to Ambrose behind behind the scenes at Starcade last night. Apparently that was him. Good. And he and he is A-OK with that. That's what he... Hey, that's what he's known. When he came, when Les Thatcher was training him, or he's worked for you know all the other people. Uh, the NWF here did a short stint with here in Cincinnati. Roger Ruffin, a tremendous trainer. Uh, Cody Hawk, you know those are guys that that keep it real. And then with the the CCW, that was all about real violence. Yeah. So if if he can if if he can make you feel uncomfortable, and time and time again we talk about this, professional wrestling's at its best when it mimics the most emotional charge activities in in real life yep uh, when they can really get under our skin that that's where you gotta go yep 
I couldn't agree more. I have no problems with heels saying nasty things that make me dislike the heels and want to see them get their asses kicked. That's kind of the whole freaking point. I, it just seems to make sense to me. Uh, we have AJ Styles. He's going to get his rematch with Daniel Bryan for the WWE Midcard Championship of the world. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match because now we clearly know what we have going forward. We have heel Bryan versus babyface AJ for the WWE Championship. I'm looking forward to this match. I hope that they give them a good, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, this, I think, should it end here, or do you want to see more of it? Should it go to Rumble? Because I think this thing could have a great life. Well, what I really want, I really want this to be a one-on-one match. I'm terrified that they're going to put a stupid gimmick on it because it's TLC. That's what I'm worried, because now we're kind of stuck here. And if you do a gimmick match, I feel like it goes on. <sighs> Should that be? See, to me, that's been an official TLC. Because those two could utilize all those aspects, but but I feel like if, if it's a gimmick match, huge disrespect to these. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree, one hundred percent. Because if because if Braun if Braun's already out there, he's already set, he's already drawn the light in the sand. He wants uh, Orbin in a TLC match, right? Yep. So they'll probably put some other stipulation to on me, this. A waste. That's a complete waste. Those two should have. Match. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, Ronda sure, Rousey. We, up there, we had uh, like six ambulances and police cars drive. Good oh. old Cincinnati. Good old Cincinnati. Uh, the other match that we have announced. Hey, I think I saw. I think Dean Ambrose was in the final one. <laughs> <laughs> the only other match that we currently have announced is Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax, which I think is a good thing for Ronda Rousey because that's going to protect her a little bit from the any boo bugs that may come out because isn't anybody going to cheer Nia Jax over Ronda Rousey? Hey, kid, you want a toy? Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about a bike? No. A video game? Well, okay. You pick a toy. Hmm, I want... Log! Boy, oh boy! Yes, Log. All kids love Log. What rolls downstairs, come on or in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack, it fits on your back, it's Log, Log, Log. It's Log. I, you know, here's what, no, here, here's what happened here. I can confirm it now. I actually uh, was able to get a Snapchat out there. Dean Ambrose was in the backseat of a Cincinnati police car right there, zooming by uh, here on the west side of Cincinnati. Took out our communications there for a second. So uh, Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. Like I said, I think, I think this is a good thing for Rousey because nobody's going to cheer Nia Jax over Ronda Rousey. Every time you say Nia Jax, Every time I say Nia Jax, 
Every every time you say Nia Jax, the stream breaks. <laughs> it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the connection isn't strong enough to hold Nia Jax. Oh, you're awful. It's very very funny though. Uh, one other man returning to the WWE action that it sounds like we may be seeing very very soon is going to be John Cena. John Cena is going to be returning to live events starting December 26th at Madison Square Garden and concluding at the January 14th episode of Monday Night Raw in Memphis. Uh, He is also being advertised for the Royal Rumble. So that's two episodes of Raw, the January 7th and the January 14th episode, as well as Madison Square Garden and the Royal Rumble. Rick, do you think that there's any chance John Cena wins the Royal Rumble and goes for number 17 at WrestleMania? You know what? We've talked about this in years past, but I don't feel like the time's right. I think he needs to go away a little bit more where it's almost like he's disappeared to come back for that one final great run. Uh, he is what he is right now. You know, he's going to get you a little boost in your ratings. He's going to bring in a little attendance. And it, and it works out perfect for him, too, because when you're around the holiday, that now you're back in the new year, he's a great ambassador for your brand. And I don't think he needs anything here, but well, let's talk about, let's go a little further. Is there a wrestling, a WrestleMania program that interests yours? Could this actually be the one he sits out? I don't necessarily have any interest in John Cena at WrestleMania this year, but when I look at the depth chart and I look at the lack of star power, and especially if you're not going to have Brock Lesnar, damn, you're really hurting for star power to sell out the Meadowlands. I almost would, you know, you get to a point where you just bring Cena as like a hope. You know, let him kind of have like a scare in there. Uh, he's out doing your PR trail for you because, I mean, like we know all the stuff he's got in production. He's got other things out there. Uh, and then maybe his big announcement is, Sonia, you know what? I'm coming back for one more year full time to make a run at the title next year. Come the record all right, we're having a, a little bit of breakup issues, so we're, we're going to go ahead. We're going to throw it over to a word from Stevie Richards. Huckleberry and I are going to hang up and reconnect and see if we can get a little bit better connection here on the Skype machine, and uh, we'll be right back to talk a little bit of NXT, All Elite Wrestling, get your New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League update, and talk a little bit of Final Battle. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store and download the 12-week resistance band training program. Hey, this is Josh Woods. This is the pretty badass, Kelly Klein. This is the Messiah of Pain, Punishment Martinez. This is the T-smashing, jaw-cracking kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, Shane Taylor. This is the voice of Ring of Honor, Bobby Cruz, and you are listening to The Locker Room. 
All right, so that was a word from our boy Stevie Richards, and then you heard from a bunch of our friends, including Ring of Honor voice Bobby Cruz. Good to hear from Bobby. He's a good guy. Got to get him back on the show. That guy was great. Let's talk a little bit of NXT, Huckleberry, because... Uh, I was just going to ask you, where the hell are we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit of NXT. Uh, Lars Sullivan and Keith Lee. This match is going to be coming up this Wednesday on NXT TV, and I was intrigued here because while we've been seeing these vignettes that Lars Sullivan is coming to the main roster, and Rick, I know you don't watch NXT on a week-to-week basis, but Lars Sullivan and Keith Lee... That seems like a match that's right up your alley. I was going to say, when I saw this thing, and to me, it, it screams, this is Lars kind of doing a send-off, yep. uh, putting over the, the next big guy, putting over that next big guy that's going to be a, that kind of monster kind of... I now we're getting uh, possible you know, reports out there for plans for Lars as, he gets, as he's moving on. We, we know he's on the move from NXT. Uh, I, I didn't click. I didn't want to actually know. I, I didn't want to ruin it here, but we're, we're getting plans. That, and I guess you could give it to me. We don't know which brand he's going to. We've seen the vignette on both Raw and SmackDown now, so okay. we don't know where he's going. Personally, I really think he should go to SmackDown. I'm afraid that if he goes to Monday Night Raw, he's going to become Strowman food real quick. Well, what I, you know, we've talked about this before as well. You know, it's it's all about how they shoot him. And if you send him right in there to the land of the giants, you're going to overexpose what he is uh, right now. You need to build him up. Is that no, ma- no matter what he is going to be, you know, the larger than life, just straight badass. I believe we compared him to Taz. Yeah. Uh, last week on one of the shows where by the time Taz got to WWE, even when he debuted against angle and was kind of just dwarfed there, it didn't matter because you, you believed in your heart that Taz could take out anybody that he was one of the baddest SOBs on the planet. You need to have Lars you know, spend some time over at SmackDown for maybe like a year before he steps in there and we actually see the, his size difference against the Braun Strowman. Uh, well, hell, even against an Elias. Yeah, even against the Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins can look him eye to eye. You're going to have to be really careful. You know, you line him up toe-to-toe and you do a wide shot over on SmackDown against Randy Orton. It's going to expose really his size. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that's come out, I don't know if you have gotten a chance to see much of this. I know uh, we, we've both been busy this weekend. But, you know, while we've been busy hanging out with our families and giving thanks and enjoying time with our siblings and, and parents and grandparents... Uh, what what do you suppose the Twitter trolls and the internet trolls do on Thanksgiving? They dig through old message boards. And going back to when evidently Lars was 19, he was on a message board and he uh, he ended up getting banned from the message board for some of the things that he had to say about uh, uh, certain races of people and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Stephanie McMahon and the entire roster being juiced up. And I mean, this is what these people are doing now. They're just they're going through Internet message boards that are a decade old to try to ruin people. Well, even looking here, here's my first thing when he said he made mention of Stephanie McMahon. Let's go back to one of his first tweets when he arrived in NXT. He said, I want to align my people like Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. There's a certain extent to read these messages, you know, but if he's racially attacking someone, uh, you know, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass. But you, you said these were over a decade old. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, I, I see. To me, I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to sit here and pretend that you could ever excuse something like that. But let's look at the context that they're put out there. What was he in character? Was he trying to get heat on himself? He was being a character because he was under an alias on a message board. I mean, who cares? Good God. See, that's why I, I always hated uh, the actual, you know, like the wrestling chat forums where anyone could just make up whatever name they've got. They don't have to own up to it. It somewhat, you know, like on, you know, over on Facebook and the Hami Media Group. I'm going to say, you know, 90 to 95 percent of the people, they, they are them real selves. You're Michael Jargo. I'm Rick Vickery. Uh, right. We don't have a problem putting ourselves out there, putting our voices out there, going, you know, going on Twitch, letting people know who we are. We talk about it all the time. When we do any marketing, we want our names attached to it. Like us, indifferent, hate us. We want a reaction. We want to. We want you to know who we are. We want to move our brands. If it's the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, if we're moving the locker room, we're moving the Hami Media Group, we're moving Last Word, Realization. We're we're not afraid not you know to attach us. But you get these damn trolls like this. People that are so afraid to attach their face to something. I, I actually have zero use for these SOBs. In the way you just put it out there, this is the holiday season. You shouldn't be tearing down anyone because you're such a freaking loser. You're a little mad that TBS didn't run the 24-hour Star Wars thing this year, and you're looking to take it out on anyone? Get you the know, hell out of here with that. You know, I was with you until you started ripping on a galaxy far, far away. and you know. No, no, I'm not. I'm not ripping on it because there are some great Star Wars fans out there. I've come to love some of them. But let's, let's face it, though. Um, you know, you guys represent the Jedis or these other losers that are out here doing this thing. Hell no, uh, or man. Or the darkest side of it. I'm I'm dark and evil. I am absolutely down with the Sith. Be throwing that Jedi shit around here. No, no, All the no, Jedi's no. were the Jedi are nothing more than the Antifa people. For God's sake, they're rebels. They were just trying to overthrow the government. The Empire did absolutely nothing wrong. They were just trying to keep people in line and enforce law and order. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Heels over strong. Let's talk about another uh, group of uh, Star Wars nerds. And uh, that would be Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Of course, uh, Johnny Gargano embracing his darker side. And this week, we got to see Candice LeRae take on Nikki Cross on NXT TV. And Rick, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but goddamn Mauro Ranallo. God damn it, Mauro Ranallo. God, he pissed me off this week because even Mauro Ranallo is letting out with this Candice wrestling shit. Can we just let her be Candice LeRae instead of Mrs. Gargano for a little while? You, you know what? Uh, I actually uh, I, just mix a little marketing here. I've just started two new campaigns uh, for two different places that carry pizza. Uh, and one of my new campaigns is Mama Mia for uh, their new pizza that they're carrying. And then for the other place, uh, you're on Pizza House. I've started the sauce is the boss or it's sauce time. It's sauce time. <laughs> Because wrestling, and, and I got a good video with it too, man. It's 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 right there where they're they're putting it right on there, and it just bounces right out. Yeah, it's sauce time. I can just hear Mitchell Cole saying that now. I can just hear it. What do you think, it, man? It actually, it actually is surprising if you would like go look at and our good friend Kevin Mize. He's the one that can pick up on it because he's a wrestling fan, and it, you know we're good friends and we see each other on the weekly and all that. He's always on me. He's like. God, how many wrestling references are you going to work in this month? <laughs> I do them every <laughs> Hilarious. What do, what do you make of Candice LeRae at this point in her NXT career? She's been there for almost a year, and they've done basically nothing with her. 
it, it's it's the same from the get-go. It was one of the biggest fears we had. She was kind of just brought in because of you know her ties to Johnny, which is a shame because in many ways she's the better talent. She yeah. can bring a lot more to the table for you than Johnny. Yeah, especially kinda, right now inside of the women's revolution. She's kind of just been hindered with that role that she is Candace wrestling, you know, oh. and it's not fair to her. They, they really need to distance those two. Ultimately, what I do feel we've talked about this many times. Johnny ceiling is NXT. He's going to be stuck there. She's going to move on. God, I hope you're right. Candace LeRae is my favorite pro wrestler. That's not named Tyler Breeze. Um, all right. Look a they kind of, they do kind of look alike. I do have a type. Um, so X-Pac on his latest podcast was talking about another one of the ladies down there in NXT. And Rick, he was saying that this girl is an absolute sponge that he has never seen anyone take to professional wrestling as quickly as this young lady. And this has to have some high hopes because the young lady I speak of is Jessamine Duke one of the four horsewomen of the UFC that we have yet to see debut on NXT TV. X-Pac says, this is the one to watch. Well, let me ask you, uh, think X-Pac's just trying to get laid? No, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case because we saw X-Pac at TakeOver and they showed him and his little dog and everything there at TakeOver. He was the big celebrity in the crowd. I wonder if X-Pac is trying to get a job at NXT. Well, I was, uh, my first thought was, we know, uh, like you brought up the little pup, he loves dogs. <laughs> so it makes sense that he's showing, I'm just joking. I, that one was too easy. I'm just joking. Uh, very good. Is this, this isn't the one that is married to. Uh, no, that's Shafir. Okay. So she's still out there. And, hey, it's fair to say that Xbox is a little bit of a player. He's going to his way around the locker room. The ladies take to him. Hey, and he's got a personality. He's, uh, he was kind of uh, that stumble behind the click thing. But, you know, he was picking up them freaking scraps. He knows how to handle himself when it comes to the ladies. Hilarious. Right here, though. Do you listen to Clara Regner? What's that? You broke up Do a little bit. Do you listen to a show? Um, I, I, I subscribe. I subscribe to his show and I listen to it when I see that there's something of interest, but I don't listen to it in regular rotation week to week. Well, you want to talk about, you want to talk about schmick reveal. <laughs> I, I, I don't hold a Xbox does. I mean, he'll open up the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes of his show each to tell you how great the network is. Uh, this guy realizes he's still got some buddies working there. He wants something, man. He wants a piece of that pie. And you got to think, too, hey, this ain't the first time over the last couple of weeks. Because he took a break for, uh, for running his mouth about one of the, the ladies' matches a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And of all the things he says, all the great things he says on his show, because when it comes down to it, Xbox got some great insight. I mean, he's been there with some of the absolute best. You know, he's, roll, you know, he's been there with Triple H, through it through Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, some of the best... You know, you can question how they do stuff. But those guys knew the business. And obviously with Triple H, they're, they're all tight, man. It's, it's, it's the click. He's got a great mind. Thing. I think X-Pac absolutely should be working backstage at NXT. I mean, there's no reason that you can't add him to that group of Gabe Sapolsky and Shawn Michaels and Steve Carino and Terry Taylor. And I, yeah, absolutely. He fits in with that group 100%. 
Well, you look at like a guy we've been talking about this show the entire time. Where's an opportunity for him to get his piece like a Finn Balor? If there's anyone that knows how to thrive is that little small guy in the land of the Giants, it's X-Pac. Yep. So you always thought of him is he could get he could get it mixed up with the big boys from even going back. I remember watching him on ESPN at four o'clock in the afternoon before he got his opportunity in WWE. That was when we first saw the lightning kid or and he was with, uh, I believe, a global force there for a little bit. Yep. Not global force, uh, global wrestling federation. He yes. was there and he, he caught my eye then, man. He, he has a presence about him. He could get in there and teach how, you know, we got this smaller crop of guys today. He could teach you how to go bigger. Yeah. Well, I, I keep saying, you know, I think that there is absolutely a future for big show at the performance center when he is done wrestling because he knows how to work like a big man. And I'm like, give, you know, somebody like Donovan Dijak to Big Show for six months and let Big Show teach somebody like that how to work. Give him a Keith Lee for six months and let him sit underneath of the Big Show learning tree. A friend of our show who I'm waiting for his opportunity, punishment. Yeah, he would be a great one to work with Big Show. And, and you know, that's all, as much as we love Punishment Martinez, we have said he does stuff the inside of a independent context where we're like, dude, a guy your size doesn't need to be doing that. And Big Show can sit him down and be like, dude, look at how old I am. Look at how much money I've made. You don't need to do that shit. Well, and I think on the flip side of that, too, because, uh, you know, Wednesday in the locker room, Strangler will jump on Big Show because Big Show had that perception where he was real lazy for a while, relied on his size. And until he needed to, where he really buckled down, you get that voice in your ear now because, hey, Punishment's got a little, he's got a little gut there on him. It was one of the first things they pointed out. Why haven't we seen him yet? He's got to get that thing tight. You get Big Show and they're like, hey, man, listen to me right now. I made these mistakes. Let me help you here. I'll teach you how to work big. We'll get you in shape. Boom, baby. And I, I think Punishment's got... He has no ceiling there. That guy could be huge there. He's got the look. He, he just screams superstar. Damn. You know what? I just, I had this vision of punishment. Wyatt. I could almost see him with Bray Wyatt. That'd be freaking that was, awesome. That's almost, that's almost scary. That's almost a scary thought. That'd be freaking awesome. And you know, the other thing that we need to do with Bray Wyatt and you know, what's going to be great for punishment. Martinez, Steve Carino. Steve Carino working with Punishment Martinez. God, why isn't Steve Carino writing everything for Bray Wyatt or in coordination with Bray Wyatt? My God, if you need an evil motherfucker, just let Steve Carino do it. Let's talk a little bit about All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, what is All Elite Wrestling? AEW, our new favorite promotion that doesn't exist. Rick, uh, so it seems as though these trademarks have been filed for All Elite Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing, All Elite Wrestling All Out, and All Elite Wrestling Tuesday Night Dynamite. Now, it seems as though this is traced to the elite and the owner's son of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where all of these trademarks are registered to. Rick, do you think that they're actually starting a promotion or is this just marketing leverage? I think it's more of a play in the game. Let's, let's see what's out there. Sometimes you sometimes you fish some things out here uh, and maybe you go through a, a, a separate source, a third party, instead of making it official. We do it all the time. Uh, I did it with a burger. As simple as it is, a dollar burger blitz thing. 
I started mentioning it. The owners started mentioning it. We were seeing what kind of spark we were getting. And then we pulled the trigger and went, went with it. So I think this is more of a, what do they call it in the business? A fluffer? Well, I think the thing that's the most interesting here is these trademarks are not being registered to Killing the Business LLC. This is a whole new independent venture with the Khan family. And also, and also, where are they being trademarked? In Jacksonville, Florida. And the address of it is the stadium, which is the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So here's what I'm thinking. All right. So I look at these names and people are kind of drawing their own conclusions. Obviously, Tuesday night dynamite. This would be AEW trying to shop a regular television show to networks to fill that Tuesday night Smackdown time slot for all those people that are now used to watching wrestling on Tuesday nights. There's several different ventures and and avenues that they could go here. But Rick, I guess this is my question. All right. When you look back in history, the idea was originally for Thunder and Nitro. One was going to be an NWO show and one was going to be a WCW show. And they were going to be two very different companies. That was the idea. That was the theory that Mr. Eric Bischoff had. Now, the problem becomes how interesting is an all NWO show because you have to have people for the NWO to fight. So how interesting is an elite wrestling promotion unless you know anybody else that is going to be attached to this thing, because it seems as though Chris Jericho is not as attached as things sounded. It seems as though Jim Ross, while he may be attached to the product, it's more so as an on air talent, uh, like, like doing commentary rather than being involved with the office, but you have to have other guys for the elite to play off of like how interesting can we make being the elite when it comes to a week to week television product? And I guess the future question too, I mean, how, how much are we going to believe, especially in this day and age where we know the other side of the business, who's in bed with one another, that these guys are all buying into this thing. But now we want to, during the weekly program, I have to believe that they hate each other. Yeah. Because you have to have people outside of the elite. Right. And I mean, like when I look at the independent wrestling scene right now, yeah, there's a lot of great people on the independent wrestling scene, but the independent wrestling scene is also full of contracts and you have people signed to different companies. Like I don't see Ray Phoenix and Pentagon going to wrestle here when they're doing MLW and impact and all this other stuff. I, I I'm seeing this huge conflict of interest starting to develop. How do we know that maybe they're not all involved in this thing? Or this is something that comes to brings that big circle, the NWA idea, where we're going to see some different promotions, where we see some different highlights, people crossing borders against one another. Well, and the other thing is, too, if this thing takes off, what does that do to Impact Wrestling? And what does that do to Ring of Honor? And what does that do to New Japan Pro Wrestling? This, this brings back another good point. How much is too much in a marketplace? Right. It's oversaturation of the market at a certain level. Well, and you get to, and I don't think there's, and I always said this in a bar business, you know, people get so mad. Oh, they open a bar down the street for me. There's always uh, enough people out there that want to drink and eat. There's enough money to be out there for everyone, but you have to come from different levels. Now, if we got all these people fighting for airtime for television, we were talking earlier, you know, I, I now I'm watching impact on a regular, I'm watching MLW. 
where do I squeeze in NXT UK? Well, and plus you're already seeing a lot of the talents that I assume would be featured on AEW, featured on Impact, and featured on MLW. Like, you know, I love seeing Pentagon Jr., but I don't need to watch Pentagon Jr. three days a week. Well, and I also also don't like, too, when you're watching different promotions, and I understand because it's a different show. But how often does that confuse people? If I'm getting three different storylines with him, yeah. and he's being presented differently in certain areas. Right. It, 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 even that confuses people when you look at local promotions. You know, here in southern Ohio, we just had another promotion at it. They're only pulling from the same talent pool. So now there's four promotions, and three of them are using the same talent pool. And they all got – sometimes they're a villain here, or they're feuding against this guy, and then they're tagging with the guy over here. I understand you should make that separation. We're smart enough to know that, but it takes you out of the moment. It kind of kills the element of what professional wrestling should be. And it has to be difficult for the talent when it comes to running their social media as far as being a character who can encompass two to three to four different characters that all have. I mean, like, you know, this is the thing that's great about streaming is we can watch all these different companies. The problem is there's only so much talent to go around. Right. It, it, especially, it, I guess maybe it's almost more of a problem. I was just talking here in Southern Ohio. You could go up to Dayton and get some and go to Indianapolis. But on that national stage, you seem like, how many do we see right now between Impact and Lucha? Right. That are just playing, you put one under a mask somewhere. Well, Impact, Lucha Underground, and MLW. MLW. I mean, you know, between the three of them, you can see some of these talents three days a week already. Now you're going to put Pentagon Jr. on AEW as well. Well, and I think what's what's there, though, is, is you're going back to like because it works there because like on MLW, I really associate uh, Filthy Time Lawyer with them. Right. So but who do you as, where do you associate Sammy Callahan? Well, which which kind of kills you. I associate personally, I associate with Impact. Impact because that's where I've seen him probably the most. It's where I enjoy his character work more. But overall, it, he's not really setting himself apart anywhere. I don't see him as a major contender. He's just more that guy helping out everybody. My favorite Sammy Callahan is Jeremiah Crane on Lucha Underground. You know, that's just my personal favorite incarnation of Sammy Callahan. But uh, but on the flip side, that's not the one that you get to know through social media. Exactly. Because he can't be Jeremiah Crane on social media because he has to fill his character for Impact Wrestling and MLW and stuff that's not been in the can for eight months. Let's say if this elite promotion does take off, what has to separate them, which we're not, we're kind of overlooking here. And I know, you know, on Friday, Ben and Stevie to bring this up. No one else is a livable age. You need a promotion to step in and really be able to pay these individuals. Right. What's nice about Impact Wrestling is you're only working maybe a weekend or five days. You got TV in the can, you do a big event, and then you go out to the open market and your price is through the roof. No one is really paying anyone a livable wage here. Yeah, They have to go do this stuff. Yeah. And it sounds like there could be some money pushed behind this thing. I'm just hoping that All In wasn't a one-off, man. Because here's what I'm thinking these these names mean. When I look at All Elite Wrestling, double or nothing. All right. Yeah, that means it's going to be the second show. But I also wonder if this means this time we're going to try to do 20,000 people. 
That's what I'm well, thinking. I, I, double or I, nothing I, I think is. Clay, you know, he he did leave that open when he when Cody mentioned that at the show. He left that really open to interpretation. Even he left open. We're all together. We're all in. I mean, you could go a number of different directions with that. Now, the next thing that's on here is all out. And there's a lot of people speculating that they'll go on the independent scene and they'll do all in two and then we'll do another big show. And that's where we're going to see the split. We're going to see the split between the elite because, you know, rather than all in, we're all out. And I think they're looking at the wrong definition of all out. I think all in two is 20,000 people. I think all out is a stadium show. Like we're going all out. Outdoors. Yeah. Yep. Like WrestleMania level. We're going for 50,000 people. Now let's talk though. Well, here's the thing. When you, when you look at the ownership and where are these trademarks filed, they're filed to the stadium of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they can get that stadium and do a wrestling show in there. We're going all out. We're going for 85,000 people. Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up Jacksonville stadium, but I want to bring up Another point while I'm looking this thing up here, let's remember it wasn't so long ago that family actually brought a Super Bowl to Jacksonville. And if you could mimic a small WrestleMania weekend, they know the impact it has financially on that entire community. Absolutely. That's what people don't really realize for these big shows like this. You know, it beat a Super Bowl, WrestleMania, NBA Finals. Hell, just having, just having a sports team, having a superstar. Do you know what it meant? To Cleveland, Ohio, when LeBron just left again. Well, what do you He's think it meant to economy? What do you think that it meant to Schaumburg, Illinois, that weekend that we had all in up there? How much money do you think went through Schaumburg that wouldn't have been there if that show wasn't going on? And they're probably looking around, and now they're shopping that. You can anyone could go up and Google, you know, the financials. That's why you have these major cities every year: Miami, New Orleans. They want in that rotation because they know what the wrestling community brings. And it's and it's a little bit easier to run than like a Super Bowl. They love it when your sports teams are doing well. People don't realize the impact that sports have on a community. I come from the bar businesses. I just had a great conversation with my friend Dominic Camarca. We were talking about if the Bengals would happen to leave Cincinnati. He lives 20 miles. His bar is 20 miles away from the stadium, and it would shut him down. Oh, absolutely. If, if they lost a pro team. That's eight games home a year, 10 games home a year with your preseason, uh, 20 with the whole thing with for everything, and it would shut him down. The impact is incredible. Just yeah. the merchandise they sell that's just themed that looks like Bengals. He just launched, for this Battle of Ohio, just launched an incredible, they're sweet looking, they're Babes, Babes Cafe with a 43. This place has been around since 1943. They've, they're the latest owners. They've had it for 10 years. It's sweet looking. It's got the orange and the black. He ordered, I want to say he ordered like 48 sweatshirts going at $30 a pop. They already sold out by halftime. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. This is the bad boy, New Japan Pro Wrestling Tama Tonga, and you're listening. That whole ass podcast Let's uh let's throw it over to uh New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League update. 
Uh, Rick, we, we have the tournament going on, and unfortunately, I have not had a chance to watch much of this tournament. But uh, currently, we are through three rounds of the round robin. Here are your current standings. And uh, a couple of these teams that I, I find at the top, you're just going to kind of shake your head at this one. Number one, we have Evil and Sonata at six points. That one makes sense. Killer Elite Squad, six points. Makes sense. Gorillas of Destiny, six points. All right, I can get behind that too. Juice Robinson and David Finlay, six points. Really? And the best friends, Chucky e. T and Beretta, six points. Hot dog, how about that? The best friends undefeated through three rounds of World Tag League. At four points, you have Tenkozy. At six points, Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano. I can't wait to go back and watch a couple of those matches. Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi at two points. Makabe and Hanare at two points. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi representing Suzuki-Goon at four points. Suzuki and Lazuka at two points. Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi representing the Elite. So evidently, Yujiro is in the elite now at four points. Mike Elgin and Jeff Cobb, who don't like each other, at two points. And of course, the Young Lions pulling up the bottom here at zero points. Rick, I think what's going on inside of the World Tag League is more fascinating than the World Tag League. And that would be the story with Kota Ibushi and Hiroki Goto. Now, going back to the G1, Kota Ibushi defeated Hiroki Goto one of the last nights of G1 competition. Now, Goto had the championship, and he lost it to Tai Chi, only to turn around and win it back. And now Goto has thrown down the challenge to Kota Ibushi for the Never Open Weight Championship. And Ibushi says, nah, I'm good. And Goto kept going at him and going at him and going at him until finally he says, you know what? Screw it. I don't want to fight you anyway. You're a waste of my time. And Ibushi's like, oh, fuck you. We're going to fight now. So now we're going to get Kota Ibushi versus Hiroki Goto at the finals, December 9th of World Tag League. And I absolutely expect Kota Ibushi is going to win the New Japan Pro Wrestling Never Open Weight Championship, which takes us to Wrestle Kingdom. And the man who was supposed to challenge for the Never Open Weight Championship, and that man's name is Will Ospreay. Huckleberry, I think we are going to get Will Ospreay versus Kota Ibushi for the Never Open Weight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. Does that do it for you for the Kota Ibushi match? I was going to say, I know you hate the term double main event. God damn, right? But come on. <laughs> but come on, right? I, I know it would kill you to have to admit that out loud, but if you want something else that's uh, uh, main event B or something or 1A on that marquee, Come on, right? Well, okay, so let's look at let's look at the roster so far for Wrestle Kingdom, right? So you have Kenny Omega taking on the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. You have Kazuchika Okada taking on the switchblade, Jay White. You have Will Ospreay taking on Kota Ibushi. I mean, my freaking God, dude, this thing is gonna be loaded. I think we might have to call in for uh, the hitting the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast. That is, we might have to reach out to the PW Hustle and do a big old pick'em show with all of us. Oh yeah, oh 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 yeah, and Chris Jericho versus Tetsuya Naito. That 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 matches on that show too. Oh, oh yeah, that match too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I almost forgot. 
I mean, get the fuck out of here. Ridiculous. And we're arguing about who the fuck John Cena's going to wrestle in fucking April. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, right? Like, I was already looking at the calendar and Wrestle Kingdom's on a Friday, and I was like, I need to take that day off. And then we get New Year's Dash the day after, and Mass Chaos always breaks out at New Year's Dash. My God, what in the hell is going to happen in New Japan? Uh, and then we have this card, Huckleberry. Let's let's talk a little bit about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's got Final Battle coming up on December 14th from the Hammerstein Ballroom. This show is going to be live on Honor Club. And Rick, this card is freaking ridiculous, too. I'm going to run down this card for you. Jonathan Gresham, the human octopus, takes on Zack Sabre Jr. Get the fuck out of town. Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Jr. I just hope it's given enough time. It, they, you've got to give those guys 12 to 15 minutes. Holy shit. This thing is going to be incredible. If you, if you are not familiar with these two talents, ladies and gentlemen, look them up. They are probably the two best technical wrestlers on the face of the planet right now. And this match is going to be fantastic. Um, and then we only get better from there. Well, as we outside of, outside of. Have Greek guy popping on, you know. Oh, of course, of course, because you know the Greeks invented technical wrestling. Uh, Jeff Cobb takes on Hangman Page for the ROH TV Championship. Looking forward to that. Sumi Sakai takes on Kelly Klein, Madison Rain, and Karen Q for the Women of Honor Championship. Matt Taven takes on Dalton Castle for the Kingdom of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, SCU. Oh, wait, no, we'll save that one. Marty Skrull takes on Christopher Daniels. And this match, Rick, we now have the stakes. This is going to be Marty's title shot versus Christopher Daniels' career. Christopher Daniels has to win this match. And if he does, he gets Marty Skrull's title shot. If Marty Skrull wins this match, Christopher Daniels is leaving Ring of Honor. But you know what? I, I'm really smelling something here. I, I could see it go down. This this could be on a Ring of Honor level of like Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Yeah, this is going to be epic. Or, or this could lead into Christopher Daniels challenging at MSG. Yeah, it very easily could. We also have Bully Ray taking on Flip Gordon in an I Quit match. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then we have the two big matches. And I don't, Rick, I'm going to ask you, which one of these is your main event? Because I genuinely do not know. Your Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Jay Lethal, takes on Cody Don't Call Him Rhodes for the ROH Championship. And Cody has announced this will be his final match with Ring of Honor. No more matches going forward. We're doing the CM Punk storyline. If Cody wins, he's taking the belt with him. You know what? Because we've seen it before, I, I'm already coming because I, I know the other way you're say we've seen this thing before. Cody's got everything else in the world going on. Unless he has a major announcement there, I don't think that closes. Then what we will call your makeshift main event will be Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky representing SCU, your Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. And they they laid down this challenge. They are the ones that threw out the challenge to these two teams. And it's going to be the Young Bucks and the Briscoes challenging SCU for the ROH tag team titles. It's going to be a triple threat match. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. In a ladder war. 
there's no intelligence in clothes, man. Come on. You're, you're thinking about what's spring of honor. What, what has embodied that thing over the last 10 years is these teams. That thing is going to be ridiculous. It's going to have everything you love. Now, let me ask you right now, because you do this to me all the time. Who? Because I can see Cody saying, hey, man, this is my last match. He loses. But then the Bucks win. Okay. And it's, hey, you got to go your thing. See now, I was gonna ask you. You could go. You could go a, a lot of different ways. I was gonna flip this around, and I was gonna ask you. We know this is going to be Cody's last match in Ring of Honor. Will this be the Young Bucks' last match in Ring of Honor? Now, see, I, I, that's why I like to swerve there. You got Cody on the way out. He's maybe crying. He's leaving. Jay's standing there tall. You don't know what's gonna happen in that next one. Could the same question be brought up, though, about SCU and Christopher Daniels? Daniels loses. Kaz and Scorpio win. Yeah. Um, and then there's also this conundrum. Because right now, it's, the Briscoes... Like Cody and Daniels are the one that go start their own promotion. But we also have the Briscoes in this match. And the Briscoes, if they win this match, doesn't that... I, I mean, if the Briscoes win this match... That officially turns them babyface again, right? Like, is there any way that they can win this match without turning babyface? Yeah. What about this? All the speculation about new promotions. Who's going to NXT WWE? What if the Briscoes close out the show, win the match, and say, "Fuck you all, we out." Yeah, we got our contracts. H has been talking to us. Oh shit! Um, I did see um, to <laughs> add to, to add to that f- f- fuel. I did see the Briscoes, um, or was it the Briscoes? I think it was. I think it was the Briscoes are doing an Evolve show, or was it LAX that's doing an Evolve show? I I didn't see that. See, now you're adding speculation to this thing. You know who's going to be doing something? Oh man! But man, when I look at this thing, you know, all the way down the card. You know, Jeff Cobb and Hangman Page, Matt Taven, Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal, Cody Rhodes, the, the Ladder War, Marty Skrull and Daniels, Bully Ray versus Flip Gordon, Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Jr. What a great freaking show this is going to be. Yeah, over the top looking for this one. But a little show I'm a part of, too, if you want to see one. We got, we got Brian Pillman Jr. taking on Chase Owens in Harrison, Ohio on December 22nd, too. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous that you're going to be at that match, and I'm not. Anything else that you wanted to talk about around the world of professional wrestling this week, Huckleberry? Hey, you know, as much as we had going on for these holidays, you know, visiting family, uh, going to all the excitement of professional sports, uh, checking out some live wrestling shows. Man, we covered a lot here today. Yeah, we covered man. A lot of, we covered a lot of action. That's what we do here in the Monday locker room. We're just kind of kicking it off because we still got, we're going to launch our new sports show this week. Yep. Tuesday night. What what are you thinking? Like 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, something like that. It'll be live well, you know, on uh, twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. We're going to go in. We're going to go in kind of uh, predicting where this thing's going to go. And I'm going to let everyone know as big as a weekend, as big as a win it was for the Buckeyes. I still don't have us in the playoffs yet. I agree. I don't think that you guys are going to get in. I don't think the Big Ten's going to get in. 
All because yeah, Ohio State in. went and fucked it all up. We're getting in, but there's one team that could royally fuck us. Oh, boy. That's a teaser for Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. So that's going to wrap things up for your Monday locker room and this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Find the show at the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. Daily content from hackerhameen.podbean.com. And, of course, all the daily content and news pumped out at lastwordonprowrestling.com. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, twitch.tv backslash Hitting the Marks. Email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. RBV, how do the buzzards follow you? Well, I just want to leave everybody. They they know where to find me. They know where I'm at on all social media. But I want to just uh, pass on a little bit of knowledge. You know, we were talking about the Greek god Papadon, and we were talking about the Greeks invented technical wrestling. They also like the claim they invented sex. But let's not forget that it wasn't until years later that another group, you know, showed women how to do it. That's awful. That's it for your show. We're off like a prom dress. See ya. Crunch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. I'll be your bad guy. Stop, stop, go. Yeah.